Oof, excuse me. What the hell is that? I belched and was talking at the same time. That's like, like you are talented, man. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't compete with that. Good night, everybody. Back to the bin. Bring it in. <coughs> Here I come to save the day. Arnold Mouse is on the way. Hello and welcome to Back to the Bins. I am your host, Arnold Schwarzenegger. With me is the other host, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Say hello. Hello. How have you been, Arnold? I'm well. So much. How are well, you? I'm good. I'm fine. I've been working out and flexing my my comic book brain, the muscles. Yes, look at this. Oh, it's fantastic. It's a beast. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. It's like an amazing adventure. How long do you think we could do this? I don't. I, we could do the whole show this way. It would be a miracle, Mister. Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> those people there. Yeah. Get those people. Get those people lozenges. <laughs> That's what Arnold should do. He should do like voiceovers for commercials. Give those people water. Give those people uh, rice and roni. Give those. <laughs> I, you know, you know something. I was in the car yesterday. Just yesterday. This is how long this is staying with me. And uh, and I was listening to the uh, you know Simon you know and Garfunkel. Hmm? You know they have shots for that. Yes. Oh, I was listening to the Simon and Garfunkel. I was listening to part of the Simon and Garfunkel concert from Central Park. And when Bridge Over Troubled Water came on, I still heard it in Arnold's voice. You know, it's How long ago was it that you did that? Four years ago? I don't know. It's funny you say that because for some reason today, when I was driving home, I was singing that at a traffic light. I was going, and I couldn't get that. I couldn't get that. The way I my, my voice, I was still singing, but it was like so low and it broke up. Yeah. Like a breed. I don't know how I got it that low. <laughs> It's still that that still it. makes me laugh. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I can make you laugh. Make make everybody laugh. You know what? That's sometimes I feel if I can make somebody laugh through the day, my my life is complete. Then the rest of the day, I'm a mean son of a whatever. Yeah, you know, somebody's got. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Today was a long day. Lots of traffic, and then uh, <clears throat> at least that's what I told my wife. I actually went to the comic book store and went through a bunch of uh, dollar boxes before they hit a convention. <clears throat> so how'd you do? I got Doom War 1 through 6 for a dollar a piece. Uh, I got a Marvel 2 and 1, number 97. Uh, I picked up Iron Man 2.0, which is a series I don't have, 1 through 4, all a dollar a piece. Uh, two, def- two of the Defenders I needed, 125 and 138. Uh, this is all off the top of my head. A couple what ifs. Oh, like a whole run of what what ifs. I didn't even. I've never seen. Uh, I must have missed them somewhere. So uh, maybe a little, a little odds and ends there. I, I got like twenty nine books. So, but I had to go through fourteen long boxes. Ugh, long boxes, not short boxes. Long boxes, and they were stacked. 
like four or five high and I had to go through, you know, I'm like, just one more box, one more box. And then I looked at the <laughs> clock and it was seven o'clock. I'm like, man, I told Paul I'd be on it like seven 30. Uh. And then I remembered I left my phone in the car and, uh, when I got out there, it was all blown up by my wife. Where are you? You told me you'll be home at 6. Uh-oh. Oh, there's traffic. I didn't even hear the phone ring. It's so bad. Oh, yeah. I was, oh, traffic. The fo- I, uh, I had to ring her down. I'm sorry. <laughs> the dog barks. Of course, she could probably, maybe she's got her hearing aids in and she just heard me. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, she'll yell at me later. Well, What else is new? Wouldn't be a day <laughs> if she did. Yeah, yeah, but she loves me. So somebody's got it. Yeah. God knows you can only love yourself for so long. I'll just stop right there. <laughs> That's wise. So we got any quick jibber jabber comic talk? No, I got I got nothing in particular. <laughs> oh, I want to address an email that came in. I actually responded back to it personally. Um, in the inbox, it was concerning. Um, it, but, 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 hold on, let me open it up real quick. We'll read it now. Uh, because it was uh, someone there that was going to look for something for me, but I already have it, and it was Avengers 127. Not Avengers 127, Thunderbolts 127. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was from... Was that Russell? Nope, no. Nope. Well, yeah, Russell got me that, but it came from... Um, oh, somebody else, yeah. Yes, this came from... Socrates. Socrates? Alvarez, yes. It says... He's a good guy, that Socrates. Happy New Year. Ooh, excuse me. Oh, oh sorry, I just I had that Popeye's chicken on the way home. Popeyes is a shiznit. Anyway. Okay, so, back to the bins. Thank you for a great 2017 season of podcasting. I think your show is still one of the best out there. Keep up the good work. For the first time, I'm adding a few comic book resolutions to the 2018 list. Number one, find Dr. Bill's missing Thunderbolts 127. And that's when I responded directly back to him saying, hey, I got it. I'm good. So, (laughs) don't go buying it. Uh, two, clean up my collection a bit and organize my comics, and that's what I'm going to do next week when I'm all on when I'm on vacation. Seems like that's that's a common vacation activity for you. Yeah, but I never get a full week to do it. I only get like you know I'm going to do it, damn it, because actually I'm trying to clean the garage too. Uh, back and board all the comics I want to keep. Yeah, same here. I've I've got a which I, I I need to talk with you off off air about some stuff I'm thinking of doing with my comics. So uh that. May some may come your way, but I don't know what what we want to do. But anyway, do you guys have any New Year's resolutions that are comic focused? Well, they're pretty much like the ones you got here. I want to organize and figure out what I got, what I don't have, and what I want to keep. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm buying. Let me see. I'm buying. Uh, Avengers just went weekly. Oof. So yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. And Marvel 2 and 1 just came out. So there's there's only three books I'm getting, Marvel 2 and 1, Avengers, and Iron Man. But with Avengers coming out four or five times a month, yeesh. But I, I got to say, given a choice. But you know what? I, I was already getting it anyway because I was getting USA Avengers. That's what Hulk, I was just going to say. Yeah. I would rather get four Avengers that are going consecutively than right. four separate Avengers books that are all, you know, at, at different stages and whatever. But mm-hmm. – you know, the likelihood of them maintaining it and having the continuity work and everything, I, I don't know. Well, there's like some big um, – they're like getting all the teams are going to be mashing together. I'm sure there will be some big world-resounding thing, and they'll all split up again. So either split up into in individual books or – I think they're just doing that to speed up the numbering, to be honest with you. Probably. To get it closer to a milestone because it's like 267 right now. No, not 267, idiot. 677. 
So they want to get to 750. Or like 700 or something. Yeah. They're at least doing it for 12 issues straight, and they just started, like, they're on the third issue of the weekly stuff. But yeah, they had like three different teams. They had the Uncanny, the USA, uh, what was another one? Uh, anyway. So anyway, that's, that's what's going. That's, that's the email. Uh, you got any resolutions? Uh, I resolve to keep doing the show. Here, here. Yes. I can't tell you that's an easy resolution to make sometimes. Every once in a while, I think, boy, this is a lot of time that I spend on this. Hmm. <laughs> There's uh, another email in here, but maybe we'll wait to do that one later because it involves me trying to sing. Did oh, you see that one? You know, everyone loves that. I, I don't know. I, maybe I want to practice it. Or should I just go for it? Because sometimes when I go, go for it. Go for um, it. Go for it. It is from Jack Bond. Jack Bond. Bond. Jack Bond. And it is entitled One Night in Ragnarok. <laughs> Dear Dr. Bill, I blame you. <clears throat> and then he has a, uh, like a, a, a rendition of One Night in Bangkok. <clears throat> Let's see if I can do this. <clears throat> Asgard is a Nordic setting, but the city don't know what the city is getting. Cameos from the NCU and a show with everything but Yul Brenner. Here comes the Ragnarok shaking the foundations and Sorter's coming out to make his quest. A goddess came down from some unknown location. If we're unlucky, she's the goddess of death. Where is the Valkyrie and all the rest? So go to Shakar and the rest to rumble. They say another day, another dug. So do be careful and don't let cr- crumble. And maybe the sad Holt just needs a hug. You know we love him, but he's such a lug. When night and Ragnar. That's all I got. Thank you. Thank you very much. It says, I would write the bridge, but I'm afraid Duran Duran's Hungry Like the Wolf would get s- sampled in, c- in courtesy of Tony Stark's spare clothes. Signed, Jack. Thanks, Jack. I'll never let go, Jack. Oh, sorry. You're going to fit on that board, damn it. Don't don't get me started on my t- my t- Titanic rant. If I knew that you were going to wait whatever it is, 60 years, and then throw my freaking jewelry overboard, I would have well, just... Well, not just that. Not just that. Have I told you about this before? I think I have. I, I'm sure I have. But I'm going to say it again. All right. So she dies at the end of the movie, right? She throws it overboard. Splash. And then she dies, mm-hmm. right? And she goes to, she goes to the Titanic and she sees Jack and all her friends, blah, 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 on the ship, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't she married to somebody else? I think she was engaged. Was I don't think she was married. No, because isn't her daughter on the ship with her? Oh, oh, you mean married after the fact? Yeah, yeah. But Jack was still her true love. Okay, so her husband that she lived the rest of her life with <laughs> and had kids with and grandkids with is standing up there going heaven going, hey, anybody seen my wife? I don't feel like going down to the Titanic to look. <laughs> oh, no, she's down on the Titanic, stooping Jack. What? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. How's that for feeling like getting a shaft? Like you hussy. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say something else, but I just still felt that fit better. Yeah, Hussey's a good I one. I mean, that, that guy's standing up there looking like everybody's snickering at him in heaven. Well, <laughs> he's down on the Titanic. <laughs> what a rube. Oh. I got to think up in heaven, Jack was telling them all along, you know, when she comes, she's not coming for you. <laughs> Douche. He's like, that's why I'm going to wait on the Titanic. <laughs> what happens on the Titanic stays on the Titanic. All right, that's my Titanic rat. Let's get on with some... Con- oh, wait. <laughs> 
I have one more thing. Uh, well, no, you know what? I'll talk about that when we get to my book. All right, well, which... we're going to start with your book because your book is older than mine. Oh, okay. And I'm bringing to the table a DC. <gasps> well, it was at Paul's behest. <laughs> Paul said... Not so much my behest. You... Well, no, I, I said, help me pick a book. Just pick one for me. Because I just... Sometimes I just can't choose, you know... Anyway, I'm glad you picked this one because I I like learning a lot about DC where because I'm more familiar with say from After Crisis is where I'm more familiar. I've touched a little bit with Pre Crisis, but a lot of my stuff is Post Crisis, and I'm more more familiar with. And then w- when I see things like Inner Gang and Mister Miracle. And then I didn't realize, you know, they they were back this far. I mean, I knew Jack Kirby created them, but I've never read really his original New God stuff, any of that, or or this. So it's nice to get like a like a history lesson, get some learning in me. Yeah, you need to do some learning, boy. That's right. So my book is that's a paddling. <laughs> is Mister Miracle, Volume One, Numero Uno. April 1971. Cover artist is Jack Kirby and Vidi Coletta. Vidi Coletta worked for DC as well. Vidi Coletta, oh, yeah, because he, he followed Jack around like his lapdog. Well, yeah, because Vinny did some of the uh, the Star Trek series too, didn't he? Because I remember, I think I remember hearing Scott pick on that a little bit. Was it? Was he on there? I don't. Remember. Or was that Villagrand? Maybe I, I honestly don't remember. Hmm. <clears throat> um, and it is uh, written. By, Jack, by my dog, Comet, as you just heard him, maybe. <clears throat> Written by Jack Kirby, penciled by Jack Kirby, inked by Vinnie Coletta. Colorist is Jack Kirby, and the editor was Jack Kirby. He's the man about town. It's like Bugs Bunny. <laughs> Bugs Bunny, Bugs Bunny, Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny's on first, Bugs Bunny's on second, Bugs Bunny on third. See, I knew I got that reference, and I'm sure Russell did too. Who'd they, who did they play against? Oh. <sighs> Stumped. I'm feeling mighty low. Uh, was it Casey? Nope. Would be oh. the Guess House Gorillas. <laughs> oh, and they were actually gorillas, weren't they? Hey, gorilla! <laughs> All I could picture was like the construction guy and then the wrestler. Fresh meat. That's uh, Crusher, was the wrestler. Uh, Crusher! That's with Stitch in Time. Yeah. When he he pretends his shorts are Oh. Over here. Bing, 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 bing. And I always always get a kick out of the, the, what you call it, the acrobatic bear from the circus that he teams up with. Bruno. No, I, Bruno, shall jump and land on my head even. Ah. Maybe we should branch off and do a Looney Tunes podcast. There's probably yeah, gotta, one out there somewhere. Probably. We should do one with Russell. We can guest star with him. Just we just he just gives us lines and we do them for him. <laughs> and that'll be all the listeners too. <laughs> Who else is listening to that crap? Hey. Same guys that listen here. We got friends. <laughs> Cause I got nowhere else to go. I got nowhere else to go. I got nowhere else to go. I got nothing else. I've had that in a while. All right, back to my book. 
because I've stalled enough, and I have a pre-canned synopsis because I want to spend more time on a book, and I'm lazy and work a lot sometimes. Synopsis for Murder Missile Trap. You know, you think you could have made another M in there, so put some, you know, Stay Murder Missile. Them. Yeah, Murder Missile Mayhem. Yeah. Or Titanic Terrible Trap. Yeah. <clears throat> a young man named Scott Free comes upon Thaddeus Brown, an escape artist who bills himself as Mr. Miracle, and Brown's assistant Oberon, in the process of rehearsing an escape stunt. When the two are abruptly attacked by inner gang thugs, Free pitches in and helps defeat the gangsters. Later, Scott learns that Brown has been challenged to perform the ultimate escape by Steel Hand, an intergang chief with a hand of metal. He also demonstrates one of his own escapes to Brown and Oberon, affected with a gadget from New Genesis. <laughs> Mother box. <laughs> Later, Brown is shot by a sniper, employed by Steelhand, and Scott Free takes over the identity of Mr. Miracle to bring Steelhand to justice. After Steelhand's capture, Oberon becomes the n- new Mr. Miracle's assistant, and the new Miracle promises to continue Thaddeus Brown's escape artist career. You know, I didn't know that Oberon went this far back or was uh, uh, helped out uh, uh, a Mr. Miracle, because the first place I remember ever seeing him mentioned is in um, when they relaunched uh, the is wasn't he in the the international. Yeah, the the Wahaha just the Wahaha. Yeah, and uh, I didn't know where wh- where he came from. I didn't know he was such an well. I don't know if I should say established, but but such a like an old character. Yes, long standing. I was gonna say old, but that sounds terrible. I I knew he was from this era. I kind of like Mister Miracle, and I know some of his background, but I've read well, this was, very this little was, of it. This was Oberon's first appearance, too. By the way. Mm-hmm. He looks a little different here. I mean, he hadn't been developed very much yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I knew there were, you know, that he took over the identity of Mr. Miracle. I don't remember having read this before. Well, now, Scott Free, is he, he, he's not, see, I, for some reason, I always thought, now, I think the first time I intercounted. Uh, he's, he's a son of in, the High Father, but he well, was that, raised I, by Darkseid. No, that was, no, that wasn't him. That was, uh, oh, wait. Yes, you're you're thinking of Orion, who is the son of Darkseid and raised by the High Father. Ah, okay. I didn't right? know that. Yes, yes. There was a swap of babies to try and maintain the peace somehow, and that's what happened. And so both how, of them ended how did up scot free, not turn into a douche, being raised by Darkseid because he was better than he was. Uh, torture, you know. And again, I, I have read precious little of this, but I know from seeing it on Justice League International and what I have read over the years. Uh, you know, he was raised in. Uh, he was basically tortured as he was raised by Granny Goodness. Oh, and he learned how to escape from traps mm-hmm. because of that. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Hmm. God, I sound like such a such a newbie that I don't know these things. Well, again, you know, like I, mean, I said, I, I haven't read a lot of this. It's just. Well, because my first exposure to him was in the um, back in when I think Byrne was doing Superman um, with with Big Barda, and then the next time I think I saw Mister Miracle or really was into him was in the Seven Soldiers book. Right. He was he was very well done in Justice League International. Hmm. Not International, uh, Justice League Unlimited. Excuse me. Yeah, it's been so long since I've seen those. I don't really remember exactly how he was portrayed. That's something I need to go back and watch, but you know, there's not enough time. 
there was time now. There was time this week. No. I can't sit around watching Justice League Unlimited. I have comic books to sort. Although maybe I could play it in the background while I'm sorting comics. There you go. Mm. Multitask. Yeah. Multipass. Wait, that's a that's that's a different movie. I get so little accomplished as it is. If I didn't multitask, I'd get nothing accomplished. <laughs> yeah. Well, Andy's been sucking up my time because he got me starting to watch uh, Black Mirror on on uh, Netflix, and the first two episodes of season one have depressed the shit out of me. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Go watch it. You'll see what I'm talking about. I'll see if I could find time for them. I'm, I'm yeah. trying. I'm trying to get things watched between between doing Is It Yours and doing Listen to the Prophets, and then just trying to stay up on things that are coming out. I, yeah. I have so little TV time right now. So little flexible TV time. Oh, I'm already like a week and a half behind the new C- CW shows that started back back up again. I didn't watch any from last week. And I'm I'm honestly I'm starting to lose interest in them. And it's especially not, Arrow. It's not that I'm getting burnt out on superhero stuff because I still enjoy superhero stuff. It just I do feel like the shows like Arrow. I feel like Arrow got so repetitive. Uh, yeah. Yes. I mean, for the one that's plain out goofy is um, Legends of Tomorrow because. I think we said before it's like it's like watching a Silver Age comic book uh-huh. because it's so so crazy and goofy and they they always have a lot of uh, pull in a lot of guest stars so but anyway uh, I gotta say I'm kind of impressed with some of the artwork in this book although eh, where it gets a little weird is when the inner gang guys show up yeah well that- it's it's Kirby drawing you know the the gangsters. Yeah, like that one guy looks like uh, uh, the um, the tall guy that was in the uh, that was in the Rocketeer, but obviously he's short here. Uh, the guy that played the really tall, misshapen face guy, he was like the giant guy in the Rocketeer, and he was also like in other movies back in the day. I cannot remember. I, I vaguely remember who you're talking about, but yeah, yeah. and and this that one guy, the leader of the Inter Gang, he's got like a. It looks like his face is melting. Which one, the Steel Hand? Or, or of the three, or of the, the three, the three Karnak clones, and the guy pulling the gun out of his jacket on page four, or yeah, five. The guy pulling the gun out of his pocket, yeah, his jacket. In fact, that exact shot, or the next panel, which is the first on page five. Oh yeah, he does look like his face is melting. Well, then if you go, if you go to page eight, the top panel, Silverhand looks like the Mole Man. <laughs> Doesn't page five look like there's so much color in there? Doesn't this look like this could be a Hostess Twinkies ad? I almost thought I was in the middle of a <laughs> of an ad. Like the Hostess Twinkies are in the bag that Scott Free is slamming everybody with. <laughs> we can make up our own one right here. Yeah, we just have to change the uh, the, the word box, the you know the yeah. word balloons. They're going after the Twinkies. <laughs> Get a delicious bite. <laughs> so um, he yeah. looks like such a, a weasel, and then he shatters that that uh whatever that metal duct work is but it, it's just like i don't know he just looks so not tough steel hand yeah <laughs> yes shut up get off of that close second tv i'll deal with mr miracle myself as i do with all who defy me with the steel hand ah to think i was once at the end of my rope a sniveling little loser with his hand blasted by a tommy gun then came a turn of luck in the hospital. The surgeon experimenting with transplants. He gave me this new hand. I didn't know its history, 
but with radiation treatments, he gained power, <laughs> power! My life changed forever. I smashed my way to the top in the gang just as easily as I smashed this great bar of solid titanium. Do you know how much that that would be if that was titanium, how much that would cost? But That's the size of a coffin, for God's sake. <laughs> it's... Uh... <laughs> Besides that, I mean, the physics of... I don't care how hard the thing I give you is. It's not going to... If it's attached to your human arm. Yeah, you're going to snap it. You're going to rip your the skin right out. The hand's just going to... Whatever. Whatever bone it's attached to is going to snap. It's not going to destroy the titanium. Unless there's some sort of internal... I don't know. Explosion or something. Or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, you know... Yeah, but we'll just let it go. Let it go. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess, you know... The internal logic. We we have to, uh, you know, we have to turn a blind eye sometimes to the lack of now of, of logic, especially scientific logic. And you know, it, it, you know, I guess Kirby learned a lot of writing tricks from Stanley. So everything was caused by radiation. Nobody ever got cancer and died from it, except for Captain Marvel. But, but everything was caused by radiation. Yeah, but he didn't get. He didn't. He did not get. Cancer from ra- from radiation. Yes, he did from he, from nuclear the explosion, not nuclear. Uh, no, 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 no. Exploding. He got it. No, he got it because he sealed the canister of nerve. Of it was like a it was some type of nerve gas or carcinogenic gas that he sealed it up with. That nitro broke open. It was the exposure to the gas that gave him cancer, not radiation. So it wasn't ra- radiation. Radiation, correct. I'm pretty positive on that because I've read. The death of Captain Marvel was uh, like the first um, uh, graphic novel that I ever got, and I read it over and over, and it, it really There's was There's a reason that. for that, you know, right? Why? Because it's the first graphic novel. Was it the first? I thought God Loves, Man Kills was the first. New. Oh, well, it was the first one that I bought. I mean, I didn't buy it when it came out new. I, I mean, there was other graphic novels out when I okay. picked up. Oh, it was the, the first one. Captain... Oh, okay. So, but... Uh, but yeah, when I read that, my uh, I, I might have said said this before, and if I repeat myself, I'm sorry. But I I, I had an uncle who was dying of cancer, really, um, a, a really good guy, and I, I was a young young kid, and uh, and read that, and it kind of had a you know sunk home on a few things, you know, a few levels there. So anyway, so you bring down the room, man. Yeah, man. So Scott Free, uh, like we see us scene later where he's all chained up and he just shatters the now he he shatters the chains that are around him and i guess uh he used the mother box kind of yeah i'm guessing well he had a little piece that says perhaps the things like this who's say you know he's holding up this little tiny thing who you know who's to say the chains couldn't fly upon uh, under intense magnetic repulsion so basically he made the chains rip themselves apart using technology to escape. Well, I guess he didn't use the, the mother box here, but he's got a lot of little gadgets to get out of things. But he does use the mother box later. Uh, I'm trying to see where. Yeah, then we've got another spot where he's shooting energy from his hand, and the dog is yelping at the door. <laughs> oh, there he is. He's using the mother box when he's uh, examining um, Thaddeus after he's been was hit by the sniper. Sniper, no sniping. It's not, wait, no, that's uh, swipe. No more sorry. miracles for me. <laughs> oh, man. That's terrible. We're terrible people. So, yeah, he uh, he takes – oh, oh, wait. <laughs> Later when um, – <laughs> again, this goes back to your thing about, okay, if you have a steel hand, I guess that means you can arm wrestle a 
robot that can punch holes in a battleship. And, you know, I mean, I'm not much of an arm wrestler, but it's not really your hand strength that wins it for you. <laughs> Uh, I mean, unless I'm mistaken, it really is your bicep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not made of tin cans, boss. He can punch holes in a battle in a battleship. So can I activate this hand stucker, make him grip my hand? Okay, chief. With this remote control gizmo, I can also increase the pressure of his grip. Not bad. Not bad. He's powerful, all right. Shall I up the pressure? Yeah, Dad wouldn't be. <laughs> that's it. I wouldn't be surprised if he could crush a building. But my steel hand is something else again. Nothing can match its strength. No power on earth. Which makes crack, no clink, sense. plonk. <laughs> clink, clink, plonk. My steel hand has made me a giant. See, that was child's play. Whatever. Now I gotta say, you know, Kirby over the years has come up with some incredible creations. You know, just you—you you could just run down the list of so many. Uh, I'm thinking steel hand, not so high on that list. <laughs> makes me think of cool hand, Luke. You know. Steel hand you know Arnold. what? It didn't make me think of that. <laughs> it didn't? No. Steel hand Arnold? Cool hand Luke? I'm going to eat 50 hard-boiled <laughs> eggs after this. And then vomit. <laughs> I can eat 50 hard-boiled eggs. So he, he defeats him with sound waves. Of My course. steel hand is stunned. I can't get out of this. What <laughs> <laughs> uh, a loser. I wonder if he's appeared in any other issues other than this. Well, no, he com- he put him in a cocoon. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. He's so I guess uh, paper beats steel. Yeah. In the rock paper scissors. Uh, uh. I'm just gonna check quick and see. Do we ever see Steel Hand again? I'm curious if like we do. Steel Hand. Steel Hand. Wow, he's he's not even listed in here. Oh, Steel Hand. Appearance appearance. In the DC database. Looks like he was in Superman 501, Mr. Miracle Volume 2, number one, in the Dark Side War. You gonna sneeze? You gonna do it? You gonna do it? No, it was a yawn. Oh. You bore bore me. (laughs) To hell with you. (laughs) So I think Mr. Miracle is a great creation. I I think it's, he's very clever. You know who he's based on, right? Houdini? Well, partially, but in, somebody in the comics industry. Uh, hmm. somebody in the comics industry. Yeah. Uh, huh. Hmm. hmm. So if you don't right. know, you're not I'll, gonna guess. Anyway. I'll bite. Jim Steranko. Oh, yeah. Cause didn't yeah. He was he was a I guess an amateur, but I don't think he ever did any professional. But he was a magician. Hmm. Or I guess he is a magician. I mean, he's still alive. Retired, retired magician. Huh. I think I remember that now that you mention it. So I really just you know going through this, I really like the cover. It's pretty cool looking. Oh yeah, I didn't even. I'm sorry, I, I'm slacking in, in in my duties as a book cover. Yeah, that that is a pretty um, interesting cover. He's strapped to a missile, all chained to it. Yeah, which is actually taking off and. Uh, it's it's an angle kind of looking slightly down from above him as it's taking off, and you could see three people on one of the platforms next to where it's taking off from. And the coloring is kind of cool. It starts with brown at the top, and then it slowly changes like to red, to orange, and then down to yellow and white down in the very bottom. 
So it's, I think it's pretty, uh, you know, pretty eye catching. And this is a scene that takes place in the comic too, because he towards the end of the book he's strapped to. Uh, <laughs> Steel Hand calls the uh, after they knock out Scott Free. Uh, <laughs> hello, get me this. Hello, get me the secret into gang missile sight. <laughs> yes, we're going to strap him to the rocket. He's going up, and he's still going. My hat's off to any lug who can die twice. Like in, in the in the missile control, they're all wearing their kind of Karnak hats. I, I was thinking aim almost only just without the B nets behind true, true. whatever in front. They, they look terrible. Those are those are bad goon outfits. Yeah, that's not good. That's that's pretty. I I would definitely get with my union about that. Really? Do I have to wear this? Come on, look at this. I'm I stupid. don't like this hat. It's brown. It's all brown. Looks kind of kind of like a big Cossack hat. Why do I have to wear goggles everywhere? It's dark. They're dark goggles. I can't see. I keep getting hurt. Shut up or I'll hit you with my steel hand. No, I'm sorry, Mr. Steel Hand. Hey, the steel hand. Jerry Lewis is all the, uh, hey, with the hurting and the inner gang and the stuff. But it's, it's, I think it's also a cool origin to already have the character of Mr. Miracle exist before Scott Free takes it over. But in the first issue, he already takes over for the legacy Mr. Miracle. Well, was this? Well, this was the only appearance of uh, Thaddeus Brown. I don't know if they ever revived him somehow, or they probably. I would bet that they they had some sort of flashback giving his origin or whatever at some hmm. point. But I. I I never read anything else with him, but I, I'm guessing that he's appeared in something else. I don't know if they ever revived him, and, you know, made him oh, it's not a, dead anymore. Okay, it says all those characters were really introduced during DC's Earth One era of population. Their ex- existence following events of 1985-86. Related seven appearance of Thaddeus Brown, New Earth. So, Mr. Miracle, oh, Mr. Miracle, Volume Three, Number One, Action. He was an Action Cop. Wait a minute. Huh. Well, probably during the Action Comics Weekly. No, no, this was, uh, it's the cover where Big Bart is smooching Superman. He was in the Dark Side War, Jack Kirby's Fourth World, Volume 1, Mr. Miracle, Volume 2, Secret Origins, Volume 2. Huh. Interesting. Well, we're getting sidetracked. And I wanted to make a quick mention, uh, since we were talking Jack Kirby and we were, I mentioned this before the show. So I've been watching The Gifted, which I know you're, you, you haven't been able to catch lately. Um, they just finished up the season. There's only 13 episodes. I believe you can catch them all on Hulu. Um, and it's basically a Marvel show with the X-Men. And, but it's, well, I take that back. It's in the X-Men universe. And you've got characters like Thunderbird and Polaris. You've got the Hellfire Club, the Brotherhood. The X-Men are mentioned, but they're not seen. Basically, it's kind of like the world where the mutants are all persecuted. And there's a family. Oh, and the uh, the the lead of the family's name Strucker. <clears throat> him, him, and he has uh, a boy and a girl, and they find out they're mutants, and then they find out that their uh, parentage is Von Strucker. <laughs> so I'd say it's pretty in- interesting. But where the Jack Kirby tie-in comes in, this past episode. Uh, they were going from one safe house to another, and the other safe house they went to was it said like Kirby Salvage or or Kirby Scrapyard, and I was like, ah, Jack Kirby, ah, very nice, very nice call out there. So hmm. I would give it a look. They've got the- you know, I, I'm just wondering now that uh, since uh, Marvel now owns 
Fox. Mm-hmm. It just occurred to me now when you were just talking about it. Well, how will, does that totally go? Will, will they try I mean, and fold the X Men universe into the Marvel universe? And if so, will they try and keep any of its continuity? Excuse me, continuity. <sighs> well, I've heard mentioned on other programs that I listen to, so I'm not going to claim this is my own, but I think it's probably a good idea. They could always fiddle fart around with you know coming out of Infinity War. With the Infinity Stones and altering reality, maybe you could fold the X-Men universe in that way as it be a parallel Earth. Who knows? So I'm thinking it's, you know, like if they do a Wolverine versus Hulk, it's like a license to print money. But I think you got to do Hugh Jackman, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the things I saw, I've seen articles in that huge, it's, I don't know if it's just clickbait. I haven't had a chance to fully read them. But it was saying that Hugh Jackman would be interested coming back if he could be in an Avengers movie as Wolverine. So we'll see. Well, I'm thinking – I think the principal photography has already been done on the first Avengers movie. So, But what about the first, but the first part of the, of the Infinity uh, War? So, yeah, maybe they could work him into the second one. But I have no idea where they're going story-wise and if it leaves the opening to bring him in. Well, because look at it this way. This would be a good way. Um, all right, so every a lot of people are aging out of roles, so you could always tweak reality and you know introduce some new characters. Well, bring in the I, I've I've long maintained though that but they need to keep the, the characters. They could change the actors, but they need to keep the characters. Nobody oh, yeah. wants to see Iron Man replaced with War Machine. Nobody wants to see Thor replaced with uh, you know with Beta Ray Bill. If the actors are too old to play them, I think they need to recast them, but not, you know, not a, uh, not just eliminate them. Okay, they're gone, and now we're going on to the next generation. Oh, that I matter. got a great idea. Okay, Tony Stark will pull him uh, from out of the timeline or from another universe and make him a teenager. That'll sell a lot. Oh, wait, never mind. Uh, sorry, yeah, time slide. Forget it. <laughs> Which sucked. I don't know. I never liked the when they did that with Tony. They, ah, he, you know, it's, you what's that? funny is uh, Luke. Luke is like the biggest Iron Man fan we know. That's when he started reading it. Eh, nah. It's, it's amazing that he he got through that and became such a big Iron Man fan. I don't know. Maybe if I go back, but I don't remember really. I don't remember it being that, as horrible as time. its reputation is, but it wasn't good. No. Well, that whole right before they dropped everything, everything got really weird. Well, I, you know, the, I go back to the way... Like really a wasp. She was like a bio... Oh, yeah, I hated that. <laughs> but I, I, I go back to what they... You know, the, the way the internet becomes so full of hyperbole. You know, mm-hmm. the crossing can't be bad. It has to be, like, the worst. Now, you know what? It just yeah. wasn't It just wasn't that good. It's not that it was the worst. I can, I've read things that are much worse than... Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll go with... I'll, I'll accept anybody who says Sin's Past is the worst. That one I'm with them on. <laughs> You know, this, this, I don't know, not, you know, I, I say this so often, but not everything is the very best or the very worst. You know, so, most things are no, somewhere in the middle. No, there is no middle ground. You must either hate something or love it. <laughs> Whatever. Bite me. And, and I don't even care that people have to hate or love something, but I do care that they get upset when somebody else doesn't feel the way they do. Mm. You know, get over it. Yeah. People like stuff you don't like. People don't like stuff that you do like. That's what makes the world interesting. People don't like me. Some people love me. Meh. Can't please everybody. Can't please everybody. That was That's terrible. That's right. I'll hit them with my steel hand. Or you'll sing. 
Ja, Alright, I'm gonna rate this book. You rate it. What is ooh, I I hear a vibration. Mm mm mm. <laughs> Good vibrations. Ah, uh, he cheats death. He defies man. No trap can hold him. Mr. Miracle. This cover, I will give this cover. I mean, you gotta think about when this cover this is nineteen seventy one. I think for the time, I, I think I'll give this cover. I'm going to give it an A. I like it. Mm-hmm. it, even you know with with word bubbles on the front, and it's I I think it's pretty cool. The interior art, uh, like on the first splash, is you know you've got um, Mr. Miracle all strapped up with the in a Kirby shackle, but that's the Thaddeus Brown Mr. Miracle, and Scott Free is over the over like way back in the background. You can see him the bottom of the page but the arts uh, for kirby it's pretty cool especially when he sets the box on fire and it's it's like got the kirby crackle but it's not the energy crackle it's just like flame i don't know it's pretty it's pretty neat looking um yeah it goes down a little bit when the mobsters come in and uh you know steel hand is a little over the top and he's like across yeah he looks like the mole man and doc ock smoking a cigar it's kind of weird um I like the way the old man looks too. He looks like Moses. <laughs> Moses. Uh, so art wise, uh, I'm going to give the art a B plus, and the story, uh, I'm going to give the story a B plus, even be, even with the wacky, um, the wacky over the ha- over the hand, over the top. Oh, go for it! Oh, over the top uh, steel hand dialogue and origin. So overall, uh, I'll give it a B plus. Okay. I also think it's an A cover. I really like this one. I just think it's it's very very eye catching. It's well well laid out. I like the angle that they're showing. Pretty exactly. much everything everything about it I think is 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 superlative. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Isn't that superlative? Oh, sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Super laxative. Whoa! <laughs> it runs easy. Oh, sorry. Uh, I like the interior art. I. Uh, I like Kirby in this era. I, I think a lot of people got soured on him at this time. And this is when his art kind of started to become like a little too stylized, but I still really enjoy it. And this, I think this is well done. I think it's well inked by uh, Coletta too. There's just a, yeah, a, a yeah. couple of spots. There's not too, too many like, I mean, where there is an empty background, it's just like two people talking, but it's a close up. So it's really not that out of the norm that that could happen. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I've like seen some of the uh, things, and if, if you you know if you look on the internet, you can see there's examples of they'll have a picture of the original artwork and then a picture of the inked one. And if you just look at the inked one, it doesn't look so bad. But then when you see the original one and you see the things that he erased, and then it's like, oh man, <laughs> you know, it's like you know, it's it still came out good, but it could have been even better. Mm. So it's possible that there's some of that in here. Um, I, you know, I think, uh, Steel Hand looks a little funny sometimes, and I think the gangsters look a little funny sometimes. And to me, that's what drops it from an A to an A minus. So I'm only slightly above you on the artwork, but I, mm. I think an A minus for me. Uh, story wise, the only thing I have that bothers me is, a, you know, a little bit of the silliness with Steel Hand. But otherwise, I think it's pretty cool. I like the, I like the creation of the characters. I like that Mr. Miracle existed before Scott Free got there. Uh, overall, I just think it's, Pretty, you know, pretty solid. Some, some of Kirby's 
dialogue, as always, is a little you know, clunky. Uh, so I'm going to give a B plus on the story, and overall, I'll give the book an A minus. Okay. So all right, I've brought to the table. We are stuck early in the early seventies, my friend. Yeah, well, that's that's where I live. <laughs> that is that is my sweet spot. I. Uh, I, I've brought from November of 1972, Amazing Adventures number 15, featuring The Beast. And this is uh, the second-to-last new story of this run, which started in issue 11. So there's only uh, only six, six new new issues, and then uh, issue 17 was a reprint of The Beast's origin from uh, X-Men in the 40s. Somewhere in the, in the 40s issues, they had it as a backup feature that they incorporated here. The cover is by Jim Starlin, and it shows the Beast in battle with the Griffin, who, who's a new oh, character, not Peter Griffin. <laughs> he, he was a new character. This is the issue where he was introduced, and the title is The Coming of the Griffin, which is on the bottom of it. And as they're in battle, if you look down to the lower left, you see the angel uh, falling to the ground while the two of them are battling. And he it says, all right, mutants, I've finished off the angel, now it's your turn. And the only negative I have about this cover is the fact that they were doing the blocking on it ah. at this time, where it doesn't allow it to take up the whole cover. So yeah, I, but they do break the blocking with his wings, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I think, but I think it's a, it's a pretty solid Jim Starlin cover. So the uh, issue is written by Steve Englehart. The interior art is by Tom Sutton and inked by Frank Giacoya and John Tartag, lettered by Gene Izzo and edited by Roy Thomas. The story opens with Patsy Walker opening up her door to have the beast fall into her arms. And she's in a little nightie, which is kind of cool. That's a uh, Patsy Baxter, though. Yes, that's true. She was married at this time to... Uh, oh, oh, sorry. sorry. To, uh, Ted Baxter? It? No, I think it's like Biff Baxter or something like that. <laughs> Who, you know, now, just by, by way of background, uh, Patsy, Patsy Walker was a... Uh, a 1940s Marvel character who, you know, was like Millie the Model and, you know, kind of like an Archie-type series for girls. And in that very first issue, uh, whatever, Biff Baxter was her boyfriend back then. And then they decided to bring her into regular Marvel continuity. Uh, was she she first appeared... first or the Avengers? Hmm? Was she in the Defenders first or the Avengers? Avengers. Well, Avengers after this, but... Oh, okay. There's... I, and you, you're jumping ahead on me a little bit. Because what I was going to say is the first appearance is actually where she uh, crashed Reed and Sue's wedding along with Millie the model. Uh, and then she showed up in this series uh, where she's married to Baxter, who is a captain or a colonel. And, and you know, it's, there's military uh, work going on here. So she's married to him. And then eventually when the Beast goes over to the Avengers, she kind of follows him into that. Then she becomes the Hellcat. And after leaving the, the Avengers, she eventually goes on to be in the Defenders. <clears throat> so, back to the story at hand. She opens her door and the Beast falls into her arms. He's been badly wounded in a battle with Quasimodo in the previous issue. So <laughs> she's, uh, he's, he's bleeding badly and, and she, you know, she can't help but try and help him because she thinks his life is at stake. And she has words in here like, Buzz won't like this. I know he'll tell me I'm being a silly female. But, uh, she, she helps him as, as it's, as he's, uh, laying there in semi-consciousness while he thinks back to how he mutated from, uh, you know, just mutant Hank McCoy into beast-like Hank McCoy. 
and then fought Iron Man and Mastermind and then Quasimodo and uh, Quasimodo. But you know what uh, Quasimodo means, right? Hmm. The quasi-motivational destruct organism, I believe, is what yes, uh, Quasimodo I, stands for. I think that is correct. Yes, he's he's correct. he's kind of like he he he's a kindred spirit to Modok. Kind of, yeah, but he, he's he's yeah he's misshapen. He's got one big eye, one little eye. He's got a squinky eye. Mm-hmm. So he, he's thinking about these battles, and then he thinks about uh, Linda, the girl he loves, and we'll get back to her in a moment. So. He regains consciousness, and Linda's face slowly morphs into Patsy's, who's helping him. And he wakes up, and now instead of having gray fur, he has black fur, which upsets him because he thinks he's continuing to mutate. And he's running out, and then uh, Patsy basically reveals that in, in his unconscious delirium, he told the whole story about what was going on, so now she knows it. And she's still wearing a very, very revealing kind of She's wearing a nighty and heels. Yeah. <laughs> Something wrong with that? No, nothing wrong with that at all. I'm, you know. So then we, we cut to the uh, somebody in high heels. That's all I'm saying. We cut to Westchester to Professor Xavier's mansion, where the uh, X Men, which at this point is including uh, the Angel, Cyclops, Marvel Girl, and Professor X, are uh, hanging, and uh, Warren Worthington, the Angel is upset about uh, the beast that's at Brand where Hank works and uh, he wants Professor X to contact him and Professor X says uh, he's told me to keep the X-Men away and it is his right to ask that of us he is his own man now (laughs) Angel doesn't like it and flies off so and and Hank's uh, you know Scott says should I stop him and Professor X says, no, Scott, it's not a question of right and wrong or my obligation to Hank versus my obligation to Warren. It's a question of feelings, and this is something the angel feels in his heart he must do. So he flies off, and the Beast is, meanwhile, uh, following his conversation with Patsy, he's, you know, just kind of uh, leaping across the, uh, the area when he's attacked by the Griffin, who's got a head of hair that is absolutely fabulous. <laughs> it is it is almost like they combined Peter Griffin with the big chicken that he fights. <laughs> anyway, he, he grabs he grabs the beast and uh and says he's he's there to kill the beast for his masters. And uh the the two of them have an aerial battle and uh beast upsets him too because he's talking about uh his look and everything he te- seems to be a little upset by it at which point the beast realizes that he's not wearing a mask that this is his real face and the angel comes across him at that time and now you got to keep in mind the angel hasn't seen the beast in this persona he still remembers the more human looking beast so the two of them are battling and he doesn't know who's the bad guy so he's kind of staying back and there's actually kind of a cool shot where he's in a standing position in the air with his wings holding him up, but he's not, you know, not actually touching ground at all. It's kind of a cool-looking shot. So the beast uh, gives a, a good shot to the Griffin, who falls to the ground, and the angel still hasn't been able to decide who's the good guy and who's the bad guy, but decides to help the Griffin rather than let him fall to his death. And while he tries that, the Griffin punches him in the face and knocks him out, Idiot. forcing the beast to have to save him. Once he saves him, then he reveals who he is. <clears throat> And Griffin takes off in the meanwhile, so they go back to Hank's apartment where they both strap themselves up to try and look like regular people. Whoa, 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 whoa. He's got to put his strap on. Strap on. So now now at this point, Hank McCoy's 
uh, you know, he's furry all over, and his co- his secret identity involves him wearing a rubber mask and gloves. And while I could see from you know far across a room, you might fool somebody with that. I can't imagine how you're doing it close up. No, man, they had those Mission Impossible type masks, you know, o- over his furry face. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the image inducer idea is much better, but whatever. So then we cut from them to a woman who's looking at them from afar as she gets out of a taxi cab. And then we cut right from that to Linda, the girl who Hank is in love with right now. And dun, dun, dun. we see that she's part of the Secret Empire. And uh, is, is it, actually, it's not this. Is it the Secret Empire or is it. Uh, um, hmm. I don't remember now. Uh, yes, it's the Secret Rap Bar, yes. Okay. So, yeah, so he, she's she's part of the Secret Empire, and she's taking commands from number one. And she's she's pretty defiant in all of this. You are number six. I am not a number. I am a free man. Sorry, I'm just doing the prisoner. My bad. <laughs> and you got to remember to tread carefully, because death is the reward for incompetence in the Secret Empire. <laughs> Boy, so, if it was like that where I work. And, and the reason she knows yes. that is, is because she killed the last guy who was incompetent. <laughs> so and while she's talking to number one, the Griffin comes and he gives his little origin where he was kind of a hitman for the mob. And he was approached by the Secret Empire and being told they were going to make him an honest to Pete supervillain. But they didn't tell him that it was going to be a permanent grafting of these claws and mask and all of this crap that they put on him. He had a fantastic head of hair before. Look what he's got now. So, well, he's got basically a lion's mane, but it's what are just claws. I mean, you know how hard it would be to like type with those things or like well, use a phone. Drink a cup of coffee. <laughs> Jeez, it's just like these big chicken talons. <laughs> <laughs> so then, from them, we cut back to Hank, who's meeting up with Buzz Baxter, and Patsy is sitting in for reasons that I don't know. But anyway, he starts accusing Hank of doing, you know, untoward things with government secrets. But Patsy stands up for him and says, no, 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 I know he wasn't there because what? I had seen him. I was out getting something Wait. to eat. Of course, Hank sounds like this. No, it wasn't me. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Hank, you sound like you're talking through a layer of latex rubber. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. I gotta go. <laughs> so with, with her giving him an alibi, they have to let him go. And then... Uh, it's, it's like they walk out of the room and immediately take off their costumes or take off their disguises to go back into this with the Eurobasonas because there must be no security whatsoever around that, that might see them. So as as they go to st- to leave, they're attacked again by the Griffin, and the two of them do battle with the Griffin, punchy punchy run run a little bit, and eventually, eventually the uh, the beast grabs a hold of the Griffin's wings keep them from flying while they're high in the sky already and they they fall to the ground and as they're falling warren punches him in the right in the jaw and then he's knocked unconscious so the two of them decide to leave and just leave him unconscious on the floor for the uh for the guards to take over because apparently there are guards there even though they didn't nobody noticed them getting changed Hmm. back to them and their civilian identities when uh Warren basically says, you know, I'll, I'll keep you secret and I'll leave you alone as much as you need, but call me if you need help. And then Hank, uh, Hank goes to the library and while he's at the library, he's approached by a mysterious woman and we don't see who it is because we're going to find out in the next issue when the juggernaut will get you if you don't watch out. And just, uh, secrets revealed it's Vera who was his girlfriend back in the X-Men. Oh, yeah. 
Vera would be around for a long time. He, she loved him a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I like blue butts and I cannot lie. Oh, oh, sorry. So, did you ever read this one before? Mm mm. This was no. one of the series that, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I talked about in the uh, Freaky Five episode how I was intrigued with the X Men early on in my collecting. So, I was very, very curious to know how the beast of the X-Men became this beast. And then he started appearing in the Avengers. So I, I was looking for these back issues pretty early on in my collecting, and I had gotten most of them back then. So I kind of had this story, and these, these hold a special place for me because I've always enjoyed them. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if the story really holds up as far as, you know, if you start looking at it closely with the way the events occur. But it was mm-hmm. still still it was a fun series as far as I was concerned, and, and I really enjoyed it back then, and I continue to enjoy it. I never um, like with um, with Iron Man and Captain America when they were in their split books. I've never really collected any of those. Like I don't have any issues. I think of t- Tales of Suspense, Tales of Astonish, anything like this. Or like I always started collecting with issue one. And I didn't really branch off much in, in, into – like I, I always thought that Iron Man began in Iron Man 1, and it wasn't until years later after I, I had been collecting that I realized you know, all these issues of Tales of Suspense and stuff that I saw in bookstores back in the 80s, I should have been picking up, mm-hmm. dummy. <laughs> you know, but I was just like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what this is. I thought it was like some reprint book. I didn't know it came, took place before that. See, I was I was on top of that pretty early on because when I first started collecting, they had Marvel Double Feature, which was reprinting old Tales of Suspense issues. Mm-hmm. And when I saw those, and then I saw you know originally presented in Tales of Suspense number whatever, then I realized that that was out there. And then you know I I kind of came to understand the whole split book dynamic pretty early well, on. I, I understand, but I still only was, own was, own a handful of of Tales of Suspense and Tales to Astonish at this point. I'd say I probably own. Maybe ten of each. Mm. Yeah, because I I understand now that it was they had to they couldn't have they were limited on how much because weren't they their books were being distributed by DC. Yeah, well at that time were, I didn't and, understand and they why they did the split books, but, but right. I understood I understood that they did the splits. Yeah. So. Eh. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so now now having read this, what do you think of it? Oh. I'm sorry. I'm still looking at page five with Patsy Walker. I mean Baxter. I mean her heels. I mean her. Uh, anyway, never mind. <laughs> she is drawn pretty sexy in this. Yeah, it's amazing she can pick the beast up though. Yeah, really. I mean he's like pretty heavy and all muscle. He's like a couple hundred pounds easily in, in that form. Why does she gets... have on that splash page? Why does she have a lamp right by the door like that? Ah, that's one of those. You probably have to move it out of the way every time you open the door. <laughs> hey, look at that face when he comes through the door, too. He looks like uh, he's, he's about to, to yak on. <laughs> I've been out all night partying. Oh, my God. I'm a beast. Look at me. I'm all blue. I'm all black. I don't know. Blah. Sorry. <laughs> Some of the artwork in this is lacking in detail. Considering they had two inkers on it. I'm wondering if it's a little bit of a rush job. So, like, I'm looking at the flashback pages. Like, look at Quasimodo. It's like no detail whatsoever. You can barely tell that it's Quasimodo. doesn't even look like Quasimodo. Yeah, you can barely tell it's him. Yeah. Well, the one that looks actually good, and I think it's because it's not trying to be detailed, is when 
it's on page two and like it's, oh, the shot of his face. Yeah, yeah, with with like the rings, and it's like when everything, when a, when anything's life is at stake, life is at stake, life is life, life, life. Yeah, life, well, because it's supposed to be getting fuzzy, so yeah, you don't need it. Yeah, so that picture. actually looks pretty good. But then when we go in the flashbacks, whoosh. Or or even the first shot of the first shots of Warren Worthington does not look good. Oh, yeah. He doesn't look bad once he comes in as as the angel, but he did not look good there. What is with his hair, man? It's fabulous. I mean, it's, he he looks like Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> he should be playing the piano, especially in the second one where he's shaking the newspaper and pointing to Professor X. You know, goodness gracious, great balls of fire. And Jean Grey is just like so bored with everything. She's like, oh god. Could my shirt be shorter? <laughs> my skirt, I said shirt. I am wearing a shirt. That's why it's so short. And then uh, Scott's looking over his, uh, drinking his coffee, looking over Warren's shoulder. He very be careful. He doesn't like slip his glasses. He looks like, like oh. he's checking. He looks like he's checking out Warren's bald spot. <laughs> hey, what do you got there, buddy? Ooh, little male pattern little baldness, man. huh? <laughs> it's like you got a ball patch in your wing. Oh, yeah. He looks better when he's the angel. And I guess they're trying to show. Yeah, okay, that is movement. But it almost looks like he's got a double set of wings. But I know it's just trying to like that first set on the top. Oh yeah, no, that's like, yeah, that's that's trying yeah. to show that they're moving so fast. You just see it. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. Griffin's an interesting-looking design. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I thought he was kind of, you know, back when I read this, I thought, oh, it's kind of cool. But then eventually they turned him into, like, a, you know, a lame-ass villain. Oh, he's so cute. He's got little claws. Oh, he's a little furry face. Yeah. <laughs> eventually, didn't didn't, uh, didn't Submariner, like, tame him and use him as a pet? Yeah, because he went bestial. Wasn't that in a burn in the early part of the Namor series? I yeah, think? I think so. Yeah. He, he used him as, like, a steed. <laughs> Sorry. Poor guy. Honest honest to Pete. I don't think I've ever heard the term honest to Pete. Maybe you have being old. I mean... Uh, I think I've read it in comics. I think that's the only time I've ever heard it. I think I may have read it somewhere else in a comic, but I've never heard anybody actually use those words aloud until you, until you just said it. Oh. Honest to Pete. Honestly... Truly, genuinely, an expression used to emphasize the veracity of one statement. Pete, here's a substitute of the word God, so as to avoid potential blasphemy. You Hmm. blaspheme. Honest to Pete. So I guess you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't say honest to God. Interesting. So I guess Pete is now a deity. (laughs) Not in my book. Why couldn't it be Bob or or Paul? Honest Honest to to Paul. Pete. Well, you know what? Oh, you know what? I bet you I know why it could be Pete uh, for St. Peter. Wasn't he the first apostle? I guess. I don't know. Oh, I know. It's for Peter Griffin. So any other observations on this? Any other thoughts? Um, Vera. I know Vera. I remember her up into the X-Factor days. See, I remember back in, in, the, in the X-Men, she and somebody else used to double date with, with uh, Beast Wasn't and, and Iceman. Iceman, or was it uh, with Warren? Was it Candy Southern? No, 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 no. No, there was, there was, I can't think of it. It was Vera and some other girl, and they used to double date with Beast Oh, well, Iceman. obviously that was a ruse, because now we know Iceman is gay, so. Well, the way they did that, unless Could I'm mistaken, because I don't, I don't stay up on it all the time, but the way they did that was Iceman didn't know he was gay. And then, huh. you know, Go like, he, I guess, I guess he was like living in denial, and then really? eventually he, he came to grips with it. 
Right? Isn't that the way they presented it? I, I don't know. I, I don't know how they explain that. So as to not spoil continuity? Mm, I guess. That's the way I understood it. Hmm. Although I can't say I've actually read much of that, so I could be wrong. Anyway, I guess we'll rate this thing. Uh, I really like the Jim Stalling cover. I don't like that they made him cut it into a little box, but I'm kind of forgiving of that because I think the image is really solid. Uh, so I'm going to say a B plus on the cover. I, I think it's pretty real. You know, the artwork is just well done. Uh, the interior art is kind of messy, kind of sloppy at points. I think the layouts are usually pretty good, but the final product is not up to the level I would hope for. So I'm going to say a C plus on the interior art. The story, again, I thought the Griffin was kind of cool back then. I like all the intrigue that's going on in it. It is, you know, very Silver Agey. A lot of stuff is going on in one book. I'm going to say a B plus on the uh, the interior art, and I'm going to give the book a B overall. Hmm. Uh, the cover, I, I really got to say that the way the claws, the way Starlin draws the claws on the Griffin is a lot better on the cover than the whole way it's presented in the book. And sometimes you can't tell how many exactly how many fingers and and thumb. I mean, at, in one it looked like he only had three fingers and a thumb, and it just looks more like a furry chicken claw in the book. But on 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 the front cover, it looks like a lion's paw. If it was a if it was a man's hand, that's a man, baby. So, but. I got to take away a little bit because I don't really like the face on the cover of the Griffin, but I can't really say he's that much better in the book either. And it's, maybe it's because in the book he actually has eyes, whereas here it's just like a. Solid. It looks like Omega Red on the cover. Yes. Okay. Yes. You know what? Thank you. I, I I looked at it earlier and I was like, this looks like another character, but I cannot remember the name of it. Yes, he looks. Ex- yes, that's who he looks like. Huh? Exactly. Except he wouldn't have the big mane of hair. So, um, and the carbonium coils. Carbonium? Was that what it was? Carbonium. I don't know what they, what they were made of. The death coils. <laughs> um, but, uh, I'm gonna gi- give it a, uh, I'm gonna give it a B plus. The interior, mm, <laughs> Aside from making Pets Actually, it's carbonadium. Carbonadium? Yep. Mm like sucks the life out of people or something uh, or is that just his power uh, i think it's just what the coil carbonadium was the soviet's attempt to recreate the artificial alloy known as adamantium as uh-huh. carbonadium is more malleable form of adamantium he uses them as weapons and as grappling appendages he's able to wrap a victim in his coils to literally drain them of their life energy this vampiric tendency is essential to omega red survival the carbonadium implants while great offensive weapons slowly poisoned him and he was required to regularly drain the life energy of a person or perhaps take small amounts from larger numbers of individuals Hmm. of course this is not an omega red retrospective so we'll let him go at that point Alrighty. so the interior art um overall i'm gonna say c and the story It's an interesting origin for him, although a little bit crazy. Um, uh, mm, I'm going to say C+. So we're looking at uh, C+, B- in that area for me. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's your overall? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Sorry, that's my overall. Okay. 
So I guess that's it for Amazing Adventures number 15. And amazing stories. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that it for our show for this evening, Bill? <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Each and every month, the Two True Freaks Network produces dozens of new and exciting episodes which regularly reach tens of thousands of loyal listeners worldwide. Sponsorship and or advertising opportunities are available. Inquiries may be made via email to twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. All right, hold on. I got to chase the cat out of here. Get out of here. Go. Get out of here. I'm not feeding you. Go. 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 Here. How about a boot to the ass? Now, go. Go, go, go. Go, go, go. Goddamn cat.